welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be discussing what, before the weekend, seemed like an improbable win uh, over Charleston. Uh, the Charleston Battery came into town and somehow did not leave with all three points uh, for the first time in seven games, I think, for them. Uh, we're going to hear the post-game comments from Coach John Walnick, uh, Andrew Tenari, and Junior Flemings, maybe, uh, and Derek Etienne as well. Uh, and then we're going to preview the game this coming weekend against the Richmond Kickers. Joining me tonight, uh, I I stopped saying as always because you and Anthony have been uh, ping ponging back and forth so much. But we've got <laughs> Bill Toomey. We're kind of Bill on Toomey rotation. Photography. Yeah, <laughs> it's my roster rotation for the year. How you doing, Joe? Not too bad. How you doing? I'm doing good. Did you I have am, a, uh, uh, a good Memorial Day weekend? I, you know, I did, uh, except for the weather that didn't play out for from Monday too much, so I didn't get to go to the parade I was supposed to go to. But, hey, it was a three-day weekend, so exactly. can't complain about that. Get some good rest. <laughs> uh, it's You know, what's so frustrating to me is that, like, this is now supposed to be – like, I know summer starts uh, in June. <laughs> Thank you very much before anyone corrects me. But this is supposed to be the start of summer and it is gross outside. I, tomorrow should be better, but good. Yeah, good we had like one week of uh, warm weather, but we really haven't seen too much warm weather uh, too recently. So hopefully this week that kind of changes around and hey, about three weeks, uh, summer will be here. So yeah, yeah. We're going to be complaining that uh, the sun won't set. It'll be like that Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> Uh, we're all just going to be melting into the ground and I, uh, will think back to the days where I'm complaining about how nice and cool it is outside. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be time for playoffs and, uh, it's going to be freezing outside soon. So <laughs> if we make them knock on wood, which we should. um, okay, let's, uh, let's jump into the game this past weekend. Uh, Charleston battery coming to town. They are riding a seven game win. Uh, win I almost said win the streak. They're riding a seven game undefeated streak. Uh, all of the cards are stacked in their favor. Uh, they did play midweek, uh, which meant that they ended up resting a couple of their really important starters, uh, namely Romario Williams, uh, Michael Chang, and I, I didn't say his name last week, and I'm not going to say it this week, his first name anyway, uh, but uh, Guerrera. Uh, all who have been big parts of uh, the Charleston offense, uh, despite them having a little bit of uh, scoring troubles lately. Uh, but Red Bull 2 looked a fully dominant side in this game. And I know the score was 2-1. to one, uh, But if you watched the game, it really didn't look that close. Red Bull was a little bit sloppy uh, in the final third. And um, just something wasn't quite clicking there. Uh, but in terms of taking care of the ball and not making big mistakes, they did a really great job. They made, they made one at the end of the first half uh, that led to the goal um, from Justin Padilla. Uh, or Portillo, rather. Um, Hassan Adam attempts to <laughs> play the ball away from uh, the, the attacker. He can't quite get it the way that he thinks he does. He ends up taking out the man. It's a little bit of a soft foul, but it is a foul. Uh, so Charleston has a great opportunity at the top of the box. They take it and they score. And it kind of undermined all of the good work they did in the first half. And it's something we've seen a lot from this team that they work really hard uh, and do really well for one half. And then uh, somehow, you know, right at the end of the half, give up a goal. Yeah. It kind of plays what the first team has always done in a way. Cause watching, you know, this game within the first really, you know, 
not even 10 minutes, six minutes, they're putting so much pressure on the ball, you know, and they have an awesome set piece opportunity, which kind of almost goes in and doesn't. And that's kind of what was interesting to me because I was not expecting that at the end of the game uh, to jump to the chase, but pretty much the same thing that the first team has done too, where, you know, they're playing so hard and, they didn't get the first goal within the 10 minutes, which the first team always does. They always usually seem to let it go within the first 10 minutes. But <laughs> it's pretty much almost the same thing where they're just pushing, pushing, and pushing. And they just can't get the goal in. And then the opponent scores. So definitely. It's so frustrating as a fan to watch that. That was it something is. that they were they were really doing poorly last year was closing out halves and or games. Uh, more specifically games and when they were on the road. Um, but this team really didn't suffer from that. And they certainly didn't suffer from allowing uh, the opponent to score first very often last year. So that that was a little bit rough. Um, Hassan Nadam, I think he's had a very good season in terms of you know just kind of finding his feet here in his first year. Uh, but he is prone to some very big mistakes at times. And I think that's what's maybe the most problematic when he and Schmoll play together because they both can make those types of mistakes. And neither one is really quick enough to make up for the other one uh, failing in that regard. Uh, But uh, he paired with Abador here. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get from the two of them um, just because of of a similar situation that Abador is not really uh, very quick. But they they paired really well together. You you can't really fault them on that set piece goal. uh, Nadam, at least <laughs> you could fault a little bit, uh, but you know they they did their job uh, throughout the game and they 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 kept Charleston off the board in the run of play. Yeah, and the set piece goal that Charleston got right before the end of the first half, that almost looked like it was going out because mm-hmm. that, that was pretty high. Yeah, pretty when, high shot there. When you get an opportunity like that and you're so close, it is so hard to get the ball over the wall and then back on goal on frame uh, and. You know, it's not, it's not like he's just beating any keeper back there. He beat Ryan Mira, uh, who is fantastic and always does a really great job. Uh, and it was really nice to see him back uh, between the sticks. Yeah, because I don't think he's really uh, played too much this season for Ribble, too. Yeah, no, he hasn't. He hit the only other game, and I thought it as soon as they uh, as soon as they scored that goal, the only other game I could think of that he played in um, was the. Uh, was it Bethlehem or Harris? It was Harrisburg City uh, game when they lost one nothing at Red Bull Arena. So I'm like, oh god, god here we go. One of the best goalkeepers on the team, <laughs> right? And he's going to have an 0 two uh, average. Uh, but but he did very well. It was good to see him back there. And I think just as much as I like Evan Loro and I think that he's got a tremendous amount of potential, Ryan Mara is much closer to the finished product. And it's just a different class, and he really showed that off uh, this weekend. Yeah, I've always felt that way about Ryan's uh, goalkeeping. He can actually easily be a, a first-team goalie mm-hmm. for I will, a team in the MLS. I will say, just before uh, the set-piece goal for Charleston, there was a, a breakaway, again, from a Nadam mistake at the end of the first half. He tried to head the ball back, hit it way too soft, uh, I don't remember who ran onto it for Charleston, uh, but Ryan had to come way off his line, had to make a tackle, took the guy out completely, 
probably lucky he didn't get a red card but <laughs> uh, it was it was sort of a mess but uh, i liked at least seeing the athleticism for him to get off his line the story yeah. of the, the story of the match for me though uh in terms of what red bull 2 was able to do and how they did it uh, came down to a player that i did not expect uh to be singing his praises after the game uh just because i like him but i wasn't sure if he would fit the role uh it was a friend of the show andrew tanari playing as a defensive midfielder and he was he was just dynamite throughout the game he did a great job of closing down a uh, space uh pressing the the uh, charleston midfield making sure that he was uh, clinical with the ball and not turning it over a lot which is something they've really had a problem with this year uh and he was like a little bulldog and he would occasionally drift out to the right side to to defeated crosses uh, just what i saw from him was probably his best game uh, john wolanek mentioned it was probably his first 90 minutes that he's played this year and it, it was fantastic so what you're saying is we're definitely going to be seeing more of andrew down the down the line i think that's a, a good possibility i'm not sure uh why metzger was uh scrapped from the lineup uh he was on the red bull one bench the night before but whatever it was, uh, Tenari snuck in there and got an opportunity, and I think really, you know, did his best with that opportunity to to make a claim that he should play there again. I know Charleston was playing shorthanded, but uh, or not shorthanded, but just without some of their better players. Um, but he was terrific on the day. Even with them playing without some of their you know best players, it's definitely a good sign to see because that's really what the Rebels to need is really a core in the midfield that's mm-hmm. good defensively with the ball and um, won't have so many easy you know opportunities or mistakes really to, to turn it over. Yeah. One of the things that I've worried about with them is um, when they go forward with uh, Aaron and um, Vincent Bezicourt, both of them are, are, are playmakers. You know, they're, they're guys that right. you want getting the ball way up field and trying to make something happen. So when, um, Metzger and Basilovic have been playing uh, lately. Uh, Aaron is taking a much deeper role in terms of trying to to be the guy to connect uh, the midfield and the back line. Um, Dan has not been doing that as well. So it's, it's almost like it's up to Aaron to sit back a little bit and to help distribute. And that takes him away from where I think he's most effective on the field. And having someone like Tanari who can do both those things, pressure and pass the ball, uh, is immeasurable in, in terms of how they want to play. And so that that um, that V in the midfield with two attacking midfielders instead of the one, uh, I think was very effective. Yeah, I think so too. One thing I do want to mention before we talk about... Uh, oh, well, we'll talk about the goals too. But uh, Brandon Allen... Not the best game for the player. I think he's had you know his moments this year where he kind of drifts out of games. Uh, this was definitely one of them. You know, maybe part of that is just him kind of occupying center backs and and taking them out of the game a little bit. But he was a little bit invisible as far as I was concerned. 
Yeah, we're kind of having a bit of a problem with those penalty kicks from Brandon Allen. They just don't seem to be uh, anywhere. They're just like non-existent <laughs> this season. Well, you can't. I just can't rely talk on about penalties. them all the time. I know, but you know, last year we just had some penalty magic, some penalty luck of some sorts, and Brandon Allen was the man. Yeah. Uh, goals today, or well, in that game, not today. Uh, Junior Flemings, a very nice header on a set piece on a corner from Vincent Bezicourt. Uh, nothing uh, that that Charleston keeper could do about it. And uh, <laughs> the Derek Etienne free kick goal uh, was beautiful. It's up for USL goal of the week. Uh, as as difficult as it would have been for the Charleston keeper to have you know made a play on Junior Fleming's header, there was n- literally nothing he could do to stop this free kick from Etienne. It was perfectly placed. There was almost no space for the keeper to even move over to it. Uh, it just completely rooted to the spot. And, uh, yeah, a 2-1 to one victory. Yeah, if that goal does not make goal of the week, then I, I just don't know what qualifies to be goal of the week. <laughs> it always seems like when there's great Red Bull goals uh, for USL or for MLS, there's like an even better one floating around there. <laughs> of course. Right. It's just a luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, let's talk man of the match. Who you got? Man of the match, uh, Etienne, just because of that free kick goal. Just, I was just amazed watching it. Yeah, that was a really pretty one. I'm going to give mine to the guy I was gloating about before, Andrew Tanari, who I think uh, just really changed how this team was playing. And if they can continue to get those kinds of performances from him, um, they might be back on track to where they, they want to be. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to listen to the post-game audio from the game against Charleston. So stick around. Derek Etienne here. Anybody want to start him off? Derek, uh, obviously Charleston's on short rest, but uh, the team in general looked like they, you guys had a different energy about you today, uh, carried yourselves a little bit better, and really controlled the game throughout. Well, what, what was different from last week? Uh, I think our mentality, um, coming off of uh, back-to-back losses, you know, uh, we didn't want to lose another game at home, definitely, and I think that that was a little bit extra knowing that they're top of the East, so I think that we came out here ready for a battle. And we uh, focused a lot on counter-pressing and getting our press correct, and I felt that was a big part of our game. Uh, kind of slipped away from us at, at times in the game, but I feel that we were able to, to come back in and get things back on our turns, and I think that set up uh, set up how all our goals went. Derek, did you, did you demand the ball for the free kick when you got the winner? Uh, no, I mean, uh, Vince took the first two, and it was on the on the opposite side, so he's like, yeah, you can either shoot this or, or cross it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely shooting it. So, I mean... <laughs> Uh, you know, we have an understanding. We are comfortable with anyone taking them, so I was just happy he was, uh, I was able to step up and take one. And I've had some moments with the first team, and of course, uh, sometimes uh, attacked well, but you haven't converted. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to convert on this one? Uh, it's a big weight off my shoulders. Uh, just to see the ball hit the back of the net, I feel it's going to give me a lot more confidence, and hopefully I'll be able to convert uh, the rest of the chances that I'm able to create. 
What's it like facing a team like the Charleston Battery, who have always been a tough, tough team to play against in USL action? Uh, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, a, a lot of played a lot of games against them, a, a lot of battles last year. I think they were one of the only two teams to beat us at home last year. So to come here and put a display like that, and and uh, basically dominate the whole game, I thought that was a good performance by the team. All good. Good. Anybody else to off? Hey, Junior, I'll start with the same question I asked Derek. Uh, obviously, Charleston's on short rest. Uh, but you guys looked a different team today compared to the last couple of weeks. Uh, what changed? Was it just uh, maybe rising to the occasion of playing Charleston or, or something else? I think we definitely have the personnel, our personnel to, to do the job. Every time it's just like great mentality, you know, like the mentality is just going to be better. And today is a perfect example. You know, we came out from minute one going after it because, you know, like once we counter press this thing, we're not going to have a clue like what we're about to do, you know, so that's what was the main game plan today and he came and executed. As a court, uh, did you ask him for the ball and he had the corner taken to you? I mean, was he looking for you? Did you look for him? Uh, that was a attacking set piece. You know, we practiced it in training, so I would go to the near post. So I knew it before he came across. You know, so I checked away and came back and then... Junior, how does, right it, Junior how does it feel the uh, second half? You kind of got a, far more involved in the attack. Uh, kind of what changed there? Uh, in terms of tactically attacking your side? I mean, I, I knew their left back uh, from Toronto. So I was playing against him. I know he's pretty athletic, but slow in the turn. So I went in half time, and, you know, John was like, Junior, hey, you got to go at this guy. So then uh, I knew that, you know, when I get it, I just started going at him. Started, uh, he started backing up, and we started getting a lot more opportunities, you know. All good? Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Andrew, we spoke a couple weeks ago um, about you know maybe where you fit on the field, yeah. whether it's right back, right wing. Uh, today you were deployed as at that defensive yeah. midfielder spot, yeah. uh, and you looked very, very comfortable. Is that yeah. somewhere do you think they're going to continue to use you? Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll we'll see when Dan Metzer comes back where they put me or where they think they put me. But today, that's where I was needed, and just had to perform whether it's right back or center mid. I'll try and play my best, I guess. Yeah. Do you feel like you have some attack in your style when you played that position? Uh, yeah, but today I, th I thought between Arun and I, I was going to be the more defensive player. He would be the one playmaker moving forward. But I think I think our mentality is to go forward no matter what. But um, we'll see. I, 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 next game, if I'm in the tournament again, maybe we'll switch up the roles if it's Dan Metzger or something. But we'll see. Today that was my role and that was my job. So. How tough is Charleston to face, uh, especially in that uh, match? Uh, first half, it looked like you had solid control of the match until they got that uh, that uh, free kick there. Um, they're definitely a physical team, uh, the top of the league, so they have some confidence. So um, we came in today with three losses, just trying to prove something. So we didn't we didn't have a thought of losing. We just wanted to play. It's okay. Alrighty, good. What's going on? How are you guys doing? Uh, John, overall, uh, it really wasn't a bad match. I, it looked like your side had most of the control in this one. Just a little unlucky at the end of the first half. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I tried to prepare our guys to be um, positive because I knew that you know Charleston could be frustrating. There's a reason why they have a lot of points. There's a reason why they don't give up a lot of goals. Uh, they're organized. They defend. They compete. And uh, I think the start to the game was good, especially. Uh, we counter press and we were able to
just stay with what we do not let one or two plays that don't go our way kind of affect us because I think that's what happened. So would you say snowball effect. I'm sorry, what'd you say in the locker room at halftime to the guys only down by a goal? Um, most of what I said was just to be positive and aggressive. So, you know, don't be negative. Don't, don't fall into the trap of one pass goes wrong and I need to uh, throw my hands around or complain to the referee or, or, or think things are going really bad when they're, when they're not. And then be more aggressive with the ball and you know some of some of our tactics. So you know if we if we do our tactics with hesitation or slight doubt or part of the way, we're gonna get hurt. So you know we have to be positive in the way we play and in the way we talk to each other and the way we approach the game. And then you know we have to be aggressive in, in the way we do our tactics defensively and offensively. So, yeah, it was kind of a general comment, but I, I felt it was what was needed. With Ryan back there, uh, today you kind of seem just a lot more organized. What does it say of Ryan, just his leadership back there, keeping the guys tight? Uh, kind of not, not too many chances as we've seen in, in weeks past. Yeah, uh, there's a reason why goalkeepers can play for a long time because experience uh, helps. Experience is a calming factor. Experience is a uh, confidence factor. Um, and it's not even so much what he says, it's more how he says it and how he goes about his business and it just kind of emanates through the team so um, you know certainly wasn't a perfect defensive performance but you, know, you could certainly see Ryan's uh, influence in the team for sure. Uh, given that you know I guess it's kind of bizarre the results of late so you've got <laughs> at the top of the east uh, that you're able to come from behind and beat and then dropping points against maybe some uh, lesser competition. Uh, what's going on within the team that uh, the results have kind of been a little bit wacky like that? And is this something that you could finally start to build some uh, consistency from? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, you can look at it that way, but you can also look at it as Ottawa beat Toronto. Charlotte's a good team. So uh, I, I have noticed in the past that you know we may have trouble sometimes with, with uh, some of the teams that tend to be towards the bottom. Maybe it's a tactical thing that works better against uh, better teams. Maybe it's a motivation thing. We play, we get more up for the game when we play better teams. Uh, hard to really put a finger on it, but I think some of it's just coincidence right now. Uh, and uh, this is probably the best midfield performance that uh, at least I've seen this season. Um, Maybe part of that is the play of Andrew Gennari, who I thought really stepped up today. Uh, do you see him continuing to, to play there, and uh, what was behind the move to put him in that spot? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought he was good. I agree. I thought he was very good. Uh, you can see that he's good on the ball, covers ground, uh, you know, has a little bit of bite to him. So, um, you know, it's definitely a hard day for him because he hasn't played many 90s or any 90s. In, I don't think he's played any. Uh, so I, I give him a lot of credit. Um, you know, with us, it's it's, uh, it's a constant, and the constant has changed. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it, we've used him in outside back a little bit, and, and that's not his position. He's more of a six. So uh, I think that's why he had a good game today, and I think he sensed an opportunity to show. Um, and we'll see going forward. You know, we'll see. Uh, you know, sometimes it depends on personnel and who we have, but I, I give him credit, and he certainly. Uh, uh, did himself well today. John, how happy were you to see Derek uh, score that big free kick goal to give you the 2-1 lead? Yeah, I mean, listen, Derek, we know, can make plays, and, and he made one today, and, uh, you know, I'm always always 
hoping to see more from him and maybe sometimes uh, that's maybe I put too much pressure on him but uh, my view it only comes from a place where I see his potential being extremely high. And we're back with our final segment we're going to preview the game against richmond kickers coming up this weekend the kickers uh this is a game this is a game that they must be tailor made to win against the red bulls Uh, why because they're sitting at the bottom of the table uh which the red bulls have for some reason really struggled against this year i'm trying a little bit they are two (laughs) five and four uh they have not won in seven games they just lost to ottawa five to three yes ottawa the same team that New York lost to the week before, four to three. They, after struggling with their offense, have somehow put in nine goals in the last two games. Um, the Red Bulls met the Kickers at MSU for their home opener. I think I referred to them as Toronto FC two last week. Uh, I guess all red teams look the same to me. Um, <laughs> uh, they uh, Red Bulls won on a goal by Zico Lewis. Uh, they really controlled the the match for the most part. Um, but just struggled to find a goal until kind of a, a, a fluky type goal at the end of the game. Uh, the kickers, I mean, it's, it's no secret. They are struggling. They're having a very difficult year. Um, any game that they've played, they uh, have trouble scoring even two goals. Uh, last week they did score three against Ottawa. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, even though they were up three to two in that game, they gave up three unanswered goals uh, in the last twenty minutes uh, to lose. And I mean, it's not that different than how the Red Bulls lost to Ottawa, but <laughs> it's still it's still not a good thing uh, to go through. Uh, Richmond is returning back home to play uh, the Red Bulls, but it hasn't really mattered for them. They have not looked good at home or on the road. Uh, they they're just missing something, and I'm not sure if. This is going to be the week for them, especially considering how the Red Bulls played uh, this past weekend. Uh, but <laughs> as we know, for some reason, <laughs> when they play the best teams, they can really stand up to them. Uh, but they seem to maybe sink to the level of their competition uh, at times. Um, it's, it's just it's a tough it's a tough spot for them because uh, they want to build that momentum. But now they're back on the road. They're not at home. Um Alhaji Kamara uh, scored, uh, I think, two goals for them last week, uh, is now moved into the top spot for them. Uh, but no one else has really done much in terms of, uh, of offense. Connor Shinovsky, uh, who's been around the league for a while, has a goal. Uh, Raul Gonzalez, uh, a goal. Fred Awusu Sekira, uh, saying that terrible. Uh, his, he's got two goals. Uh, so, you know, again, not much scoring from Richmond. Not a lot of uh, cohesive play, but they have been okay at the back. They really haven't given up a lot of goals until this past game against Ottawa. Uh, most of the time, they are uh, losing one nothing or drawing, you know, one one zero zero. Bill, what are we going to get from this game this weekend? I'm hoping that Rebels two can take the momentum that they have and bring it on the road to Richmond. And can, they get hopefully, a, can they get their first road win? That's that's what I was going to mention. I mean, this team so far this year has not had the best luck on the road. 
Um, it's almost like back in 2015 when they played the Richmond Kickers, which kind of right around the same date. Uh, it was two years ago today, actually, and the Richmond Kickers won 4-2. So, <laughs> I mean, with our, you know, luck that, that we have, um, especially being on the road, too, it's it's hard to say. I'm hoping that the Rebels come out with a win in this, but just with our luck, I'm really not sure what to think Okay, so, so now, far on the road. I've got some questions for you. Andrew Tenari, uh, I, I continue to sing his praises. Uh, he was a beast. Does he stay in the middle uh, if if Metzger is healthy and able to return to the lineup, with the way that Andrew Tenari played last game, I would say that definitely warrants him a, a starting spot for for this upcoming game this weekend for sure. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. And would you would you that all right? So if you're going to play the hot hand with Andrew Tenari, does Metzger stay on the bench or do you move someone like Basulovic to the bench? I like the form that they had going this past weekend, so I would uh, just keep it going. Keep, I'll just keep it going. Rocking, rocking, and rolling. <laughs> I feel like that's a really obscure joke. <laughs> uh, look for look for the Empire Strikes Back bad lip reading uh, if you want to know what that's about. Um, okay, so yeah, Andrew Tanari, uh, stick him in the middle, keep playing him. Uh, Hassan Nadam, he left late in the match with what appeared to be some either a hamstring or a groin pull. Uh, he could not go. They brought in uh, Tim Schmoll to close out the match. If he is not able to go, considering the difficulties that Schmoll has had this year, uh, do you bring him in and start him on the road against a team that's really not uh, performing uh, offensively? Or do you go back to bringing maybe Billy U uh, into the center? Or even is this Jordan Scarlett's opportunity to get into the lineup? I just in Billyu, I I don't think would be a bad idea, just because of the um, experience. Yeah, because he's got some more experience so far this year with playing with Rebels, even though he hasn't really played. I think too recently with them, but I would definitely give Billyu a shot and bring him in. Having no idea just how fit Jordan Scarlett is, uh, I'm reticent to say let's start him, uh, but I also would like to see what he has to offer. Uh, and maybe this wouldn't be a bad game for him to kind of come into the team and play, you know, at least at least one half just in terms of getting him back up to fitness. Yeah, so Andrew Tenari's definitely for sure, and Justin Billiou is for sure for me as well. So. All right, I'm down with that. I like both those things. That was going to be the other thing if I was going to – if we were going to bring Billiou back into the lineup and if he would be in the center or back on the left side. But you seem to think that he's going to be a center back. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, further up the field, uh, Flemings is playing uh, very well at the moment. He had another good game this past weekend. Uh, at times, maybe he's trying to do too much with the ball, uh, but he's still finding the back of the net. You know, I, I, granted, it was on a set piece uh, this past week and last week. It was an open net that he hit, but they're, they're still goals, and you still got to put them in. And they um, still count for me. <laughs> uh, Zico Lewis. Still maybe a little bit injured. Not sure if he's going to be coming back in the lineup. Uh, and, I mean, you've got Florian Velo, who has had kind of a up-and-down year. He started off, looked very good, uh, spent some time on and off the field with some injuries. Um, he had an opportunity on a breakaway this past week uh, that he was unable to score. Um, 
but you have Derek Etienne in the team. Do you? Is it another thing like you just play the hot hand, keep Derek Etienne out there, uh, or do you want to maybe switch up the lineup a little bit and bring a different dimension to the attack with with flow? I mean, I've always been a fan of Derek Etienne, so I w- I would say keep him uh, keep him out there in the same same spot and see what else he can do because he's always been really fast on the ball and really puts all he has into scoring chances and trying to trying to score. So I'm I'm fine with him staying on the field. Okay, I, I agree with all these things. Okay, let's get a scoreline prediction from you, Bill. What's the score uh, of this game? The score for this game, it's been rough on the road this season, as we were just saying. So I'm hoping for a 2-1 two, two win. I think that's pretty fair. I'm going to call this a 1-1 one, one draw just because <laughs> it's the road, and I feel like they'll find a way to maybe let the points slip away a little bit. It depends on I'll who plays it. in the back, though. <laughs> If Billy right. is back there, I feel good about a 1-1. If it's Schmoll, I feel less good about it. Uh, although, you know, maybe he's just rounding into form, too. Uh, maybe I'm being too hard on him. Okay, uh, that brings us to the end of our show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at underscore Joe Goldstein. And you can follow me at BillTNJ. And Anthony's not here, but I'll still give him a shout-out. You can follow him at AttitudeAJM. And the show, if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And, of course, as I've said, that's all on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash RaisingBulls and our website, RaisingBulls.com. You can send us questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. Whew. flying through this uh if you listen to the show you can follow us uh on itunes uh google play and stitcher uh we are uh, obviously the raising bulls podcast please find us rate us review us subscribe it really does make a difference and we really do appreciate every little bit that you guys do for us um bill is calling this what a 2-1 victory yes and i'm saying that's going to be a 1-1 draw uh for myself Bill Toomey, and I'll even say Anthony Merced. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll take this opportunity to plug his uh, website, nycsoccerworld.com, uh, where you can read all about Cosmos and NYC and New York Red Bulls 1 and 2 and so forth. Uh, for all of us <laughs> here at Raising Bull, thank you very much and have a good night. That clap is way too fast. Talk about it.